on today's show, DeAndre Ayton is actually going back to the Phoenix Suns. How does that change the landscape of the West for the Dallas Mavericks? And who's the Mavs' second best player right now? I think there's a conversation there. We'll talk about that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Lentic, and this is Lockdown Mavs don't believe you shouldn't be here shouldn't shouldn't be and welcome you are locked on to the dallas mavericks my name is nick angstead media member and nba channel manager for the locked on podcast network thanks for making locked on maps your first listen every day we are free and available on all platforms including youtube but the best way you can help us grow the show is to comment anything below shout out to the anything uh, squad down there that just, did, that just type anything. Love it. Let us know down below who's the Mavs' second best player right now after Luka Doncic. Who's the Mavs' second best player? I'm curious. Joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor, writer at Mavs.com, the Summer League Legion, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Yes, yeah, so it just came from uh, the arena doing the Mavs.com live stream alternate broadcast of the game. It was a lot of fun. Bobby, Austin Garuya, talking all through the game. Much better game to do that through than uh, that first game we tried, <laughs> where it's you know thirty point game. But so before before tip, I was getting some shots up in the uh, practice court down oh. there, and uh, getting some shots up. Nice reminder that uh, NBA three point range pretty far. It's just a, one it's to, a distance. Just want to throw that out there. That uh, so give Josh I Green just, some slack, guys. No, no. So <laughs> I just I, I played not too long ago on an outside court and it's like, all right, you know, take a few shots to get the get the rhythm back a little bit. I got out there tonight and I got some shots up, just like three straight air balls. I'm like, this is way further <laughs> than what my arms are accustomed to. So anyway, shout out to um NBA players. They're good. On today's show, we're gonna get into DeAndre Ayton. He, the will they, won't they of the Phoenix Suns? What does it mean? Is there fallout there? What does it mean for the Phoenix Suns and Kevin Durant? That whole saga and the landscape of the NBA in the West. How does that affect the Mavs? We'll talk about that. And then I kind of want to talk about who the Mavs' second best player is. Because right now, it's sort of unclear, right? It's like when like when Jet died in the, uh, in the Ember Island players from Avatar. Um, then we'll talk about Summer League. The Mavericks did play a game against the Bucks. Jaden Hardy, A.J. Lawson, Moses Wright showed out in that game. We'll talk about our thoughts after four games uh, for those guys uh, later in the show. But let's start with this. DeAndre Ayton signed an offer sheet or was about to sign an offer sheet, agreed to sign an offer sheet with the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers make some moves. They uh, waive Dwayne Washington Jr. Remember Dwayne Washington Jr. dropped 22 on the Mavs one night? We were like, who is this guy? Like, what, like, what is going on? But... Um, and then they also like dropped a bunch of other players and stretched some players and like actually made roster moves to try and get the space available for Aiton. They get him to a max, a four-year max, and Phoenix immediately, like within three minutes. I think Gambo said it was within three minutes. Phoenix reporter um, that they that they that Phoenix matched it. And there's all this will they, won't they? Is Sarver too cheap to match it? And all this kind of stuff. Um, it's interesting now, but Aiton is back on the Phoenix Suns. He's gonna he's gonna play there, but he is. Probably not happy to be back necessarily. And it doesn't look like Phoenix is going to be able to get Kevin Durant as easily or as quickly as we thought. This is the weird part of restricted free agency that 
It's like, hey, go out and get an offer sheet from somebody else because we don't want to pay you that. And then we'll match it. And then you got to come back with like open arms. Like, do they do a, a presser? And they're like, yeah, we're really excited to have DA back. Sarver's there. He's like, this is our yeah. plan the whole time. <laughs> like, it's the it's so weird. And it was so weird, like, seeing the posturing game of like, hey, like, we're going to sign him. He's going to sign it, but he hasn't signed it yet. But then Phoenix like, well, we don't want to do a signing trade with you at all. And it's like they're almost like calling the Pacers bluff some. And the Pacers like, all right, we're just going to waive our four dudes. And we're going to sign him to the actual offer sheet. And it was just so weird because, you know, like you said, it's like now he's just going back. Now he has, you know, a, a full no trade clause basically for a full yeah. year. He can't get traded even if he wanted to until like mid-July. I mean, mid-January. Yep. So it's like, you know, six months from that. So still before the deadline. But just a weird, weird situation. <laughs> situation, and now he's just back in Phoenix, like it never <laughs> happened. And some people are gonna say, "Hey, this is a really smart move by Phoenix because they get him on a lower deal, like they save some money on that on that deal because they don't give him the five year full max with you know all full all throughout. It's just the four year max, which is a little bit lower overall, and all that." Um, but you got to consider what Aiton feels like in all this, right? Like, is he going to demand a trade as soon as he can? And he basically can decide where he wants to go in a trade um, uh, when that happens. He's under contract for four years. No, there's I like, mean, I, isn't there like in, part of like his no trade is like, like it's, it's essentially a no oh, trade. Yeah, it's yeah. not like a yeah. no trade, but he can, he can demand a trade and like they could send him somewhere and it would, he would, he, have, can, he would have to agree on it. It's the Nerlens thing. Yeah. Remember? He would have to agree to it. Yes. I mean, for Phoenix's side, they didn't lose an asset for nothing. And, this you know, is, this is me for, falling my head on my desk. You know, for Phoenix, they probably looked at it and was like, all right, DeAndre Ayton doesn't want to be here. They clearly didn't want to pay him that much money or else they wouldn't have told him to go out and find the, find the cap. But they looked at it and said, what? It's like, we don't, we're not going to be able to replace you, but with no. another like free agent. Bismack's so, not coming in there and filling that void. Yeah, so whether we want you on this team long-term or not, whether you want to be here long-term or not, the asset alone, we will overpay. We'll pay more than what we think you are or worth to keep you on the team so in six months or a year from now, we can turn you into something that we really want on the team and where you want to be too. So, And now he's like the fourth highest paid center in the NBA. I mean, it sounds crazy, but I mean, then again, he was the number one overall pick. He was in the finals two years ago. Like he, he's not bad. Like I, I didn't like, so I, I don't mind that part. I think he's going to keep, keep getting better. It, you have to do it. Like you, you, you yeah. last year, there are six centers on the max. Gobert, Jokic, Bam, Cat, Anthony Davis, and Embiid. And now Aiton is going to be on that, that list. Yeah. I mean. He's a he's a good he's a super young center. He's clearly the youngest center out of that whole crew. So it's just a weird it's a weird situation. And from a Dallas angle, you know, I, I think a lot of Mavs fans, myself included, I was hoping he would go to Pacers. Yeah, me you know, too. I'm like, hey Sarver, be cheap here. Don't pay him. Like let him walk for nothing. You know that that was the dream. It's like, all right, well if all else fails, they'll do a sign and trade. And you know, I don't know, will they be will they be as good with Miles Turner if they get him back? All this stuff. But this is what you don't want, really, from a Mavs angle, because them keeping Aiton, they're basically keeping their same team intact if they don't make any other trades. And this is the same team that won 60-something games. So they're probably going to be near the top of the West again or the top four. They did. I'm curious as to how the Aiton relationship holds up 
and all that. I'm I'm just curious how that works out. I'm curious how it it all plays out. Maybe they'll play Call of Duty with him. But (laughs) late into the evening, late into the (laughs) night. But then the other thing is, I don't know if they can get Kevin Durant as easily because they can't trade Aiton now. They can't put him in a deal. They can't do a sign and trade or like any kind of three team deal or anything like that. So that takes him off the table. So now I saw somebody. I think it was uh, Evan Sidery. Put together like, all right, here's the here's the trade Phoenix can make now. It's Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, st- like stuff and a bunch of picks. Like, yeah. I don't know if that's getting the. I don't know if that's getting Joe Sy like out of bed to, to, to make a Kevin Durant deal as of right now. No, I mean it's not for <laughs> me unless you turn it into some type of. You know, I, I think Bobby Marks threw out a, his hypothetical trade, yeah, that which crazy th- one. This is just the world that we live in now that ESPN is just throwing hypothetical trades up there. But at least that one came from actual somebody who worked from ESPN instead of a the fake. E site. stands for entertainment, Isaac. <laughs> um, but but like you know, his hypothetical had Donovan Mitchell and Mikael Bridges and Miles Turner going to uh, going to Brooklyn. Obviously, that was part of a DeAndre Ayton sign and trade mega deal, all that stuff. Uh, so that can't happen anymore at all. But is there a world that, you know, they, they try to loop in Donovan Mitchell somehow and it, it's, I don't know, but, but yeah, I, <laughs> I, know, right? I do think that their, their shots at getting Kevin Durant took a big hit, not impossible, but I think it definitely took, you know, a big hit. And now we have to wait on this. We'll wait on the Kevin Durant saga for a while. We'll wait on the Donovan Mitchell saga for a while. And seems like the Mavs are going to keep waiting on those two sagas to play out before, before or I'll if t- they make another move. I'll tell you this. I'd rather the Suns have DeAndre Ayton instead of Kevin Durant. <laughs> That's, that is it, a hot take right there, my friend. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> that. if you want to look at the positive from it and say, all right, what's one positive? I would much rather have, you know, that happen instead of Durant and Devin Booker and, you know, another piece there teaming up for the next, you know, couple years. So that's that. I, you know, all of us right now are waiting on Donovan Mitchell. And let's see what happens with that. Let's see if yeah, or Durant, yeah, or Durant, and see what the fallout of that. Let's see what teams like the Jazz uh, or whatever teams out there start, you know, shipping off some of their vets. Like there's still deals out there with teams that they're probably just on hold. Teams that are not even dealing with the Nets, but they're just on hold because it's like, all right, let's just wait some of this stuff out. Like look at Phoenix; they're 15 million dollars over the luxury tax right now. What if they want to get rid of like Jay Crowder? Oh, trade and, deadline time. They are getting rid of somebody for sure. Yeah. Well, it's like, they. what if they look across at like a San Antonio who has cap space and says, Hey, we want to get rid of Jay Crowder. And then it turns into like a three teamer to where like Jay comes to Dallas. Dallas sends like a Dwight Powell to San Antonio's cap space. There's like, you know, a couple seconds involved in that. Phoenix is shed money. Dallas gets another wing, you know, San Antonio uses some cap space, but gets a couple seconds. Some, it's that type of stuff that it's like, there's so many fallout type of options from these trades that we just got to wait and see and waiting sucks. Absolutely. So, all right, coming up, let's get into who the map's second best player is because it's not very clear right now. It's not clear at all, actually, because some people think their second best player is coming off the bench. We'll talk about why that is and who is the second best player coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about bet online. Bet online has all the odds, lines, scores, scores, spreads, everything you need. They have coach of the year next year. Who do you think is number one for coach of the year? The highest odds for NBA. Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know. First name, Steve Kerr? First name, three letters. <laughs> Steve Kerr. Ime Udoka. Steve, Steve is five letters. <laughs> Ime Udoka, number one, at plus 600. 
Chris Finch of the Wolves is plus 700. Taylor Jenkins of the Grizzlies plus 900. And then tied at four and five. They're destined to play again in the playoffs this year. Jason Kidd and Ty Lue, both plus 1,000 wow. for coach of the year next year. So if you're thinking pretty highly about Jason Kidd's odds next year, go ahead and put some money down on him. Uh, Steve Kerr is actually all the way down at 1,600. He's behind Nick Nurse, Monty Williams, Michael Malone, and then those five guys I, I mentioned before. Darvin Ham, Lakers coach, plus 2,000. <laughs> that dude's not getting any credit if they're good next year. Uh, wow. So go ahead and check it out at Bet Online. Check out all the spreads. It's Bet Online where the game starts. All right, Isaac Harris. We've talked a lot about Christian Wood lineups. We've talked a lot about Jalen Brunson. He's gone. And now the Mavericks have the best player, one of the best players in the NBA, maybe the best player in the NBA, Luka Doncic. But who's the second best player next to him? Who's the guy that people will look to by the end of the season? Jalen Brunson was not the second best player by the start of last season, but he became the second best player by the end of the season. Who will be that person this year? Um, well, it's three, it's one of three guys, right? It, we're, we're debating, you know, Christian Wood versus Spencer Dinwiddie versus Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, if you want to throw Josh Green in there, you can. Um, I think it's probably a three person debate. You know, if Drogic signed, would Drogic been number two on this list? I don't know. You know, stop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um can we just make it a point that, that Drogic's name has to be on every single pod for the off season? No, no, we've hit, we've hit full-time Drogic fatigue. I it think. has to just be tossed in there somehow. Um, I think it's Spencer Dinwiddie and, mm. Um, just as the, the other ball handler, the other score, if we're talking about, um, you know, just, I think he's had bigger moments than a Christian Wood. I, I don't even think Christian Wood's even a debate for me at that top spot. I think Christian Wood's number three. I think it's just a Dinwiddie versus Dorian because the argument for Dorian is reliability defense. He's a knockdown. Th- I mean, he All is rounds. the definition of three and D guy that everybody wants in the league. Dinwiddie, I lean Dinwiddie just because I think Dinwiddie can do just a little bit more with the ball. He can score. He can put up 30 in a game. He's bigger, all of that. The injury concern, you know, in the past, yes. But I think I think Dinwiddie has a higher ceiling than what Dorian does. And that's no disrespect to Dorian. I think Dorian's a close second in this. I agree that Dinwiddie has a higher ceiling than Dorian. I think Christian Wood has a higher ceiling than both of them. I just think Ooh. I just think that Christian Wood. I think if it, if it all works out and it all plays out, and and Jason Kidd's ladder of motivation works out for Christian Wood, and he gets back into the starting lineup, and then he, you know, all that stuff. I, I could see him being like a twenty and ten. I mean, he could be twenty and ten on the Mavs pretty easily, shooting you know 40 percent from three, playing decent enough defense to stay in that starting lineup, and I could see him having just a really good season like that. Uh, is he going to get the opportunity? That's what we don't know at this point. It seems like Spencer Dinwiddie is getting that opportunity from the start. So if he is going to be that guy, then he's going to be able to show it right away. But we've seen, I mean, Christian Wood has had 39, a 39 point game, a bunch of 30 point games. Uh, he averaged 20 points for a whole season with the Rockets. Um, so like we've seen him with the capacity to, to have some of these really good games before. And, uh, and I think that's going to, I think that that matters the talent that he's shown. Uh, just the, like you can use them a bunch of different ways too. You can use them as pick and roll, pick and pop. Um, you can just use them to spread the floor, like space the floor, just like with Dorian. Um, but Dinwiddie with the ball in his hands, like one of the things SJ said on her podcast, uh, the podcast I had her on the other day, was that he's going to be the most hated player by the end of the season. 
because a lot is going to be asked of Dorian Finney, or of uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. And if a yeah. lot is asked of Dinwiddie and he doesn't come up big and he doesn't like live up to the hype with it, then he's going to be the scapegoat because it's, a lot is going to be on him next year. Oh, yeah. And especially because we've seen the level that Brunson played at. There's a difference between Dinwiddie just being the, you know, he went last, from last year being the, hey, we got off the KP contract and we got Dinwiddie and Bertons. It so it was almost like, yeah, it's almost like whatever we got for Dinwiddie last year, like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And he came off the bench. It was like a six-man role. He was very important, but still. And it's like now this year, it's like, hey, you got to be number two next to Dinwiddie as far as like running the offensive team. And that's what Brunson got so good at, especially in the playoffs. Smart, you know, the footwork, countering Luka and all that. And it's like, all right. So, I, yeah, I, I definitely could see that. Is it <laughs> – this could be like – a negative segment for like two minutes be here, but well, it kind of is because like these for, are, it is because these these are the names we're talking about for second best player on the Mavericks. Like, is there who other teams in the West? Mm-hmm. Which what other team has a bigger drop from player one to player two? Well, it's tough because Luca is like one of the best players in the NBA, so his drop. Oh, no, from, I, his, I get that. his drop from him from him to anybody is the biggest. But if you start start going down the list, just, like okay, just compare. No, yeah, take that question the out. Jazz. Just compare the num- Jazz has number- the biggest one right now. <laughs> number two, Jared Vanderbilt's pretty good. <laughs> Just compare the number two guys across the across the West. Yeah. I mean, outside of just the bottom teams there. I mean, who like you know, Memphis has better number two, Denver, Minnesota, New Orleans, Golden State, Lakers, Clippers, Phoenix. I mean, it's Jeremy Grant. Yeah, I said New Orleans. Like, Portland. I mean, even like Sacramento, like Sabonis Fox, like, they would clearly be the, the second best on this team. You take, yeah, you take both those guys over anybody on the Mavs? Yeah. Pretty yeah. easily. Yeah. So, I mean, outside the bad teams, I mean, you're maybe having the debate with Portland and Jeremy Grant. Um, But, like, yep. So, so like that, that's the type of thing though. Like you have to account some of this in there. Like Luca is so dang good, but like, you know, so some of you guys listen to this are like, Oh, y'all are already so negative on the season. Like you have to take some of this in account as far as the, the ta- overall talent of this team. And it doesn't say everything because we've definitely seen a uh, certain team in history make a big run with a star player and a you know, non all-star cast. But, it, you don't always want to play with those odds. <laughs> so, no. you know, if you can, if you can put, you know, guys around him. So we'll see, we'll see how it shakes out. Do you think there's any chance Tim could jump into this? Um, in the playoffs, I mean, in the playoffs, the two years against the Clippers, he averaged 17 points a game, second leading scorer on the team. Yeah, that's cool. Now I just don't know what that means to me. <laughs> I, I just don't I don't know what that means because I feel like I can look at other teams who lose in the first round and say who's your second highest scorer, and like Utah against Dallas was Jordan Clarkson the second highest leading scorer on on the Jazz, probably, maybe Boyan. So I just don't know how that I just don't know what that is telling me a ton. Um, I think maybe if you're looking at it and it's like, hey, we made a deep conference finals run and this guy was your second leading scorer, 
I think I would be walking away from that saying, hey, all right, that resulted in a deep playoff run, you know? Bogdanovich, 18 points a game. He was second. Clarkson was third at 17 and a half points a game. So, Okay, so, like, I mean, Tim's in kind of that, like, same, like, ballpark there. So, right. can he get hot for a stretch and you're like, hey, that's a, I mean, dude's balling out right now? Yes. But overall, I think I would put Tim fourth on that with, with Christian Wood. If he's on the team next, is there a kid? So the Mavericks obviously, um, they don't have the second, like one of the second, one of the best second players in the in, in the NBA, but like or in the West. But like now that we have this conversation, where you could throw Tim and Reggie in this, where it's it's like the Mavs next five. Like I think I would take the Mavs next five over a lot of other teams next fives. That's the counter. Yes, right. that that is the counter. It's not as simple as. You know, one plus one equals two here as far as the second best player. The counter is, all right, two through five. You know, what is, or two through six, however you want to do it. How many, what's the other, you know, two through sixes look like? Because then you look at a team like the Lakers. <laughs> oh, God. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, they have the be- better second, you know, player in Anthony Davis and LeBron. But then after that, it's like, I would take any Maverick over the next three guys for them. Any Maverick over Westbrook, Horton Tucker, Lonnie Walker. Especially when you start talking about like the fourth and fifth players on those lists, right? Like, like the Nuggets. Yes. Like, who's the Nuggets like next? Best? Like, is that KCP, the next player after Jamal Murray, Michael Porter I don't Jr., pick up, Gordon? I really like what the Nuggets did this offseason. The Nuggets, so. Nuggets are solid too, but like, it's it is it, the Mavs don't have that solid second guy for sure. Yeah, but they have like a two through five, two through six that is that is pretty good and pretty solid, and it's nice to have kind of like Memphis, kind of like Memphis in a way. Yeah. Like, Jaron Jackson is. I guess they're number two, yeah, he but he's is. hurt a lot and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Desmond Bain's really good. Uh, you know, he played college down the street here, DFW. But, like, they have a lot of dudes, and, like, Dallas has a lot of dudes too. So you're banking on the team chemistry, overall fit, good coaching. That I mean, it's ultimately why they got to the conference finals. Absolutely. All right, coming up, let's talk about this summer league team. They've played four games now. They're about to play their fifth game on Saturday. But let's talk about – um, what we've seen so far from Jaden Hardy, from AJ Lawson, from Moses Wright, and everybody. Talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into Summer League. The Dallas Mavericks Summer League squad went and uh, played a game against the Bucks. They lost the game, right? They did, yes. They lost the game. They've lost all four. They were th- winning at some point, though. <laughs> Isaac tweeted, "Come join the stream. The Mavs are winning, and they're they're down by like 10. <laughs> Did I start that draft when they were winning, and then I turned my phone like you started that sleep. draft like 40 minutes like <laughs> before you tweeted it? Uh, but the Mavericks did lose this game 100 to uh, 89. Um, Moses Wright was the big standout in this game. He had an incredible second half. He finished the game with 26 points, 11 boards. Four of them were on the offensive end. He had three assists, two steals. Didn't have any blocks, which is kind of surprising for him. Uh, did end up with six fouls. You get 10 in summer league, so that's fine. And uh, he was 10 of 16 from the field. Hit a three, hit five of his seven free throws. What have you thought about Moses Wright in this game and then just summer league in general so far? I thought he struggled over the first you know game or so. Then he was DMPCD. Uh, yeah. Well... I don't know how much of his benching versus like them just wanting to rotate some guys out. Some like Justin Gorham didn't play the other day for a game and they played some of these other guys. And then some of these other guys um, like Kerr, Kerr didn't Kerr played a lot the other day. Kerr didn't play in this game. So I wonder if it's a matter of just like, Hey, we just want to see different guys combination of dudes, but Moses, Wright, Like you said, didn't play at all in the previous game. 
he comes out in this game and like this is what I want to see from him because yeah. I haven't been I mean he's he's protected the rim a decent amount but AJ Lawson's gotten all the love and it's like all right well if the Tyler Dorsey stuff which we haven't seen anything official whatever you want to feel about that if like there's only one other two way spot AJ Lawson's getting all the love how's Moses feeling right now and this is the response I want to see from him like oh this guy's coming from my teammate but it's like this guy's coming from my spot. I want to show out, and he showed out a lot tonight. Well, and he's been with the team since February. We have to remember that, that he's he yeah. was the one that got signed to a two-way spot, was with the Mavericks the entire playoff run, like in all those images of the bench with the bench decorum where Theo Pinson start, <laughs> like created a new rule in the NBA um, because of his bench decorum, that he's there. like He's part of all those moments. So he's been with this team, with this coaching staff, with Jared Dudley, with Daryl Armstrong, who got a technical foul from the, from the, bench, from the bench today. Um, but Moses Wright has been that guy, and so he should be the one thinking, hey, I've got this two-way spot. And after his couple like pretty bad showings the first two games, we kind of just wrote him off. And for me, like in this type of game, so he's like he's a six-eight center. And I think he he had to he had to be a little bit show a little bit quicker to me to be able to play a wing. Because I don't think he can play a big in the NBA. He'd have to be like a small ball five or a four, but like You'd have to space the floor better in the NBA. So, like, if you're starting yeah. to talk about what his role is, like, I'd rather roll the dice with a guy like AJ Lawson, who fits perfectly mm-hmm. that wing role, instead of Moses Wright, who I try to envision. This is this is the exact same thing I did with like Marvin Bagley in the draft when we were leading up to um, that 2018 draft when we did all our draft profiles. I'm like, okay, for him to be really good in the NBA at that role, at what he does, what would he have? How good would he have to be at certain things? And I just don't. I don't know if Moses Wright is there for me at, at this point. I could see AJ. I could see AJ Lawson's path clearer than I can see Moses Wright's path. Yeah, exactly right. I, I feel the exact same way. I like I like Moses. It's just I don't think he's agile, quick enough on the wing, and I don't know if he's like big enough. It's right. like theoretically, you look at him like, all right, can you be a small ball five type thing? So I, I feel you on that. And you just look at the way he got his points tonight, right? Like you see the way he 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 great in pick and roll. It's the reason why he was the you know. G League All First Team this past year, really great in the pick and roll. He can finish around the basket, like he puts back dunks, all that fun stuff. But then when you just give him the ball, he immediately just goes to post up, back to the basket, and then just like take one big hard dribble and then try to dunk on somebody or just finish with like a hook shot or something like that. That's how he gets his points. None of those points happen in the NBA like that, right? Like there's just too many yeah. big dudes in the NBA for him to get off shots like that. And so that's where it makes it difficult for me because that's the style of his game. I was hoping to see a little bit more of like a face-up game or just a spot-up shooting game or anything like that. Um, and he just defaulted back to what he's good at, which you know he should do. But to, to make it in the NBA, I was curious about how those other facets of his game were. We just haven't seen it. Yeah, so Jaden Hardy, obviously the biggest name of uh, summer league for for Mavs going and watching him. It's another uh, another inefficient type of game for him. Uh, 06 from three, three of thirteen. Uh, I hope our listeners can see why we were saying what we did uh, after they drafted him, and the the hype chain got so big and so fast, and we're excited. I was, just, I was ex- it was fun. It, it's fun, and I'm excited too, but. You know, I got some DMs. Some people was like, "Oh, why are you hating?" I'm like, "I'm not hating. I'm just saying I think it's going to take time. Yeah, like, it's just right. it's just part of it. It's just going to take some time for him." And we've seen that over the past handful of games. I I was never at the spot to say he's going to be our our sixth man. <laughs> and it's just like it's just going to take time for him. I think he it's going to be exciting. It's just he's just yeah, got time. This guy's playing Drogic minutes on this team. <laughs> 
He's got time to grow. He's got time to get well, something. Well, he does. And you can you can see, like, there's areas of his game. He's got the – well, okay, I also want to give him a little bit of slack in the last three games that he's had because after that first game, he drops 28. He had that game-winning three that if it went down, we all would have went insane and we would have let it ride oh, for yeah, days. Yeah. And then I don't know if he saw a single coverage for the rest of summer league. The rest of like the next. Well, tonight he had single coverage, but it's Bochamp. Yeah, right. And Bochamp's supposed to be like the the, one of the best wing defenders in the draft that that just came out. And and he played with him at G League Ignite. Like he knows his game so well. So it's it's hard to go against a guy like that. But even in this game, I feel like anytime he turned a corner, there was another guy there. Anytime that he like got by somebody, there was some help. Anytime like. That this, I guess this Bucks defense <laughs> was pretty good, but he also is not the quickest guy, and so it, it gives other defenders time to catch up to him. Um, but I don't know if he saw Singer coverage a lot these last these last three games, and it's been tough for him. You won't see that; he won't see that in the NBA as much, which I think, which I think will help him. He'll get more spot up shots. He got a couple spot up shots tonight that looked good, yeah. um, but didn't just go missed. didn't go down. He just missed the shot, but. He's not going to be just like giving the ball. All right, go make something happen. Um, that's just not his game at this point in the NBA, and he's at, he'll have to he'll have to uh, develop into that and work with Sham God, man. That's going to be my thing for him. If I don't see yeah. him with Sham God all the time, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be calling Mark Cuban. I'll, I'll email him. I'll email his <laughs> Gmail and I'll say, hey, why is Jaden Hardy not working with Sham God? Um, you know, there's a couple times tonight he got to he he's really comfortable in the mid range, mm-hmm. and if he can just get to the nail, he can get there in the paint. That free throw line spot is just nothing but net, and that that's his sweet spot. And I like a lot of a lot of his game. I'm excited for him to be in Dallas. I'm excited to see him work with Sham God and stuff. So, and he's gonna be a nice. I think he's gonna be a nice like victory cigar in a way. A lot of fun for us, you know, in the blowout yeah. games of all oh, Hardy's gonna get in there and have some fun. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we'll we'll see how the the guard rotation shakes out, you know, after there's some follow some trades and stuff. But who knows? I mean, he might at least get some minutes here and there. And uh, I I think that's where it ends for me. It's it's Moses Hardy. It's AJ Lawson. Lawson. Outside of that, I, I'm not. Bingham hasn't shown me enough. Uh, oh. Gorham hasn't shown me enough. And, and remember, I know we're all talking about AJ Lawson. We really like him. If let's just say the you know Tyler Dorsey has one of those spots locked up, it doesn't mean that Dallas has to get their guy from here. You know, it's the end of last you know yeah. summer league that just right as soon as it's done, Dallas signs Jacory McLaughlin, you know from <laughs> you know from Golden State, and it's like, well, crap, we didn't. I don't even watch him in summer <laughs> league, so they could do that. Another team could do that for AJ Lawson as soon as this thing's over. I mean, they could have a deal ready to go with AJ Lawson and another team, but. If I'm Dallas, I would be yeah, I would be happy if AJ Lawson got the second two way. Who's the guy we were waiting for last year? And summer? was it Omarui? I think Omarui we were waiting for. Like, oh, he's got to get that second spot. It was either Omarui or Carlyke Jones or somebody. And then all yeah. but, then all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, it was like Jacory McLaughlin, and we were like, what? Like, what is? Happening? I remember there's there's camp invites too. So you have 15 full roster spots. You have the two two ways, and then you have basically three other camp invites. You can bring 20 people to camp. If they, you know, I could see them taking that last two-way spot or one of those two-way spots open into camp, and then you have, you know, four guys at a camp invite in preseason fighting for that one spot. Um, I think we should mention that um, AJ Lawson's agent posted an Instagram photo of him and AJ Lawson, and it said, the caption was, working on a deal, hashtag Dallas Mavericks, hashtag Summer League. My guess on that is that they're, they're working on some kind of Exhibit 10 deal for him. 
and that they'll they'll work on that. He'll come into camp, and then it'll be him versus Moses Wright, maybe versus Tyler Dorsey versus whoever the other ones are for those two way spots. That'd be my guess. What's what's your read on that whole AJ Lawson two way situation? Maybe he's signing a sponsorship deal. Ooh, <laughs> I don't. He know. could be. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if we're going off Instagram stuff, Josh Green's lighting up the highlights on Instagram. His so, shot looks uh, better though. Better than Dennis's. Oh, um, two days in a <laughs> row. Wow. Um did did Josh and Willie Collie Stein like could they no, collab? No, 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 I'm, 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 could they could they can collab? Can I turn your for, video off? Is that possible? For an no. <laughs> we need an Instagram like clip for uh just some highlights. Uh, the music wasn't as good on Josh Green's as it was on Willie's, that's for sure. Nah, Willie's is good. I Willie's got me hyped. It like like that's that's good stuff. Uh, there you go. That's the Mavericks this week, guys. I am going to be taking a vacation. Stop it! Don't say it. Couple- I don't. I don't believe it. <laughs> I am leaving you guys in the very capable, awesome hands of Isaac Harris for two weeks. Um, if something happens, don't, ye- if- don't yell at me about audio. Don't <laughs> yell at me about transitions. Don't yell at me about ad reads. Yeah, don't who- yell at me about anything. Whoever hates, whoever listens to the podcast and hates me yelling the whole time, will will be. <laughs> You'll see, guys. You'll see. But uh, but Isaac's going to be taking care of the podcast, so we won't miss an episode unless something crazy happens to Isaac and his family. Or something. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Unless something happens to Isaac's family. What is this, Taken? Like, am I going to go like Liam Neeson mode? Or like, sorry, guys. I don't know who you are, but I have a very specific set of skills. I don't know who you are, no, but I have a podcast. <laughs> you're talking about Taken. I'm the one going to Europe. <laughs> That's true. European vacation. Uh, if you were really dedicated to this pod, you take your freaking equipment. <laughs> I have to record at like weird hours of the day and night. Um, but yeah, it's been an incredible run. I'm excited to get some. Won't you tell him what you're doing though? You're going to France to be with Luca and to help. <laughs> I missed him by him I someone. missed him by ten days. I'll be in Paris, but I missed him by ten days. Uh, I missed him. I missed Captain Marvel. She was there at Disneyland Paris. Missed everybody. Miss Marvel Ooh. was there. Uh, but yeah, so Isaac will be taking care of the podcast and, uh, yeah, go listen to Lockdown NBA, Wes Goldberg, uh, Adam Mares, great stuff. They're both in Vegas. So they'll have lots of stories and stuff to share on Lockdown NBA guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom.